a seat. Morning. It was the um, 21st of January 1978 at approximately four minutes past three in the afternoon, give or take 30 seconds. And I looked down at my watch and I said to myself, I will remember this date and time for the rest of my life. And that was the time when I became a Christian. I wasn't brought up as a Christian, the Christian family, but I gave my life to Christ at that time. And I was brought to Christ through the Navigators, a mission society, and they taught me loads of things, how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to memorize scripture, and they also taught me how to trust God for his promises. And they said, Chris, when you start work, because I was still a student, they said, when you start work, the biblical tithe is 10%. And so when I started work in the September 1978, I, I had my annual salary. It was £2,750. I divided it by 10. That's 10%. And then I divided it by 12. That came to £23. And I put in a standing order every month from that month on for 10% of my gross salary. And as the years went on, I, I kept doing that. And then when Julie and I got married, Julie had the same perspective that we honour God and so we combined our income, we gave 10% and a bit more and we've done that throughout the whole of our lives. We've trusted God and God uh, is no man's debtor as the uh, Baptists would say. And I suppose the title of our talk is What Places Money in Our Lives? And for Julie and I, I can give you a simple answer. It is not our money. We do not consider our money to be ours. It's just a conduit through which God can shuffle money through to whoever he needs. And if you have that attitude, then it's freedom. It's it's brilliant. And uh, so I want to just turn our thoughts to uh, this uh, widow. Verse 42, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, all she had to live on. And calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, she out of her poverty, all she had to live on. And I wonder, what was her attitude to money? What was her attitude to money? I would imagine that she just trusted God and said, Lord, it is yours. Whatever you want, I am going to be obedient to you today. And what a, a sort of liberating uh, concept that is. And do you know what? We often trust God for the big things, like we trust God that we've been saved, that when we die we're going to go to heaven. We trust God that God made the universe for the big things. But do we trust God for the little things? Like, if we were to give 10% of our gross income every month to God, do we trust him that he will provide for all of our needs? It's just a little thing. And the answer from Julie and I can say is, absolutely and more. In in scripture, there are many couplets, and uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. A couplet is, God says, if you do this, I will do that. And here's an example. It's in Luke uh, 6, uh, verse 38. Uh, God says this. He says, give, just one word, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you give, what does it say next? It'd be measured to you. So there's a classic couplet of God's promise. Give, and God says, and I will do this lot. Proverbs 3, 
roughly, um, let's have a look, it'll be uh, 9 and 10. It says this, honour the Lord with, the, with all of your substance, with all of your wealth. And with the first fruits, the very first slice of all your crops. Now, we don't grow many crops at the moment, but our salary is a crop. If we do that, God says this, then, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. Now, not many of us have wine vats. Maybe, maybe Keith, perhaps, but, you know, not many. <laughs> but most of us don't. But God says, if we give... God will bless us for this. Now, one other point I must say. God only blesses us in order that we may be a blessing. We are not to hold on to God's blessing. If God blesses us, it's to be moved on through to others. We are blessed only to be a blessing. And over the years, you know, as Julie and I have had this attitude to money, it's not our money, you know, it becomes fun. Don't... 10%, I'll move here, 10% is not a ceiling that we give up to, it is a floor that we stand on. And it's everything north of that. And so over the years we've, we've pushed it to 15, wouldn't it be fun to go to 20, you know, whatever. And it gets more fun doing that because the blessing just whistles through the system. So what is today all about? I would suggest to all of us, today is about the heart. It's about the heart today. The poor widow put in all that she had, two very small copper coins, tiny things. But for her, that was sacrificial. So I have a question for all of us today. What would sacrificial look like for you? What would sacrificial look like for you? How can we follow the sacrificial example of the widow. I'm just going to leave you with that just for the moment. With that as a backcloth, I'll just take you through. How long have I got? Okay. Um, can we just pray this prayer as we sit here today? Just let's pray this prayer together. Lord, I want to be obedient with the money that you give me. Lord, help me obey you today. Lord, I want to trust you with the money that you give me. Lord, help me trust you today. Amen. And let's see how much, you know, in one sense, over the last year, what has God done? Well, here's a, a summary. Can you see it at the back? Yep, over there? Cool. Okay. This is a broad summary of what happened last year. So regular giving, including gift aid, 378,000. Church expenditure, 372. And surplus, what would Mr. McCorber say to that surplus? Happiness, yes. <laughs> if it was the other way around, it would be something else. Um, the, investment, the net investment in the coffee shop was uh, minus 4K, and that was much better than budgeted. So, well done, the coffee shop team. So, add those two things together, there's a net surplus of two. Isn't that great? There's, the preschool and nursery popped in a surplus of 39,000. It's a different fund, but again, a great team of people doing great things over there. So, that's the summary of 2012. Um, if you're interested in how it was spent, there's a pie chart of where it was spent. The big one, the big cheese, is the parish share, and that pays for basically uh, Simon and uh, Martin. Um, the, the rest of it, but they don't, they don't get that, by the way. Uh, the rest of it, um, the, the, it goes to parishes who simply can't afford a vicar. 
the 82,000 is youth work and young people's work, 69, church staff, ministry, office manager, Dave Carey, office staff, etc. And then you've got mission and giving and so on and so forth. So that's how the uh, funds have been spent and we have a little slice of surplus at the end. Now, this is really important. Planned regular giving enables planned sustainable ministry. If we plan for giving, we can plan for ministry. The more people who give by regular standing order, the more we can plan to deliver church and community services. Many Christians consider the biblical tithe of 10% of gross income as a useful target. Now, this is interesting. There are currently 330 adult members in St. Michael's. 330 adults, not children, adults. Roughly, in fact, almost exactly, 120 adults currently give in a regular planned way, either by standing order or by the blue envelope scheme. So 120 of 330 adults currently commit to a planned, regular giving commitment of passing the blessing on through to God. Now that leaves a difference of about, what, 210-ish. So there's some interesting room here. Now, three points, well, four points actually. First point, if you are new to St. Michael's, please could you start regular monthly giving by standing order. Consider it if you haven't already done so, if you're new. If you've been coming to St. Michael's for a while, but haven't yet got round to giving by standing order, please would you consider giving by standing order. Thirdly, if you are already giving by standing order, please, please pray how your, your giving might move towards 10% of the tithe and, and the excitement of doing that. And finally, uh, if you would also like to give a one-off lump sum, then please complete the Thanksgiving form which you have uh, before you. Now, this is the prediction for the 2013. Now, regular income for 2012 was 347,000. That's the regular income, excluding any of the super gifts we had as one-off gifts. To maintain the current level of uh, church services, ministry, mission, and the expansion of the old people's work, the young people's work, the work in Cheswick, etc., it's about 445,000. So there's a deficit of 98,000. 98,000 is a deficit because we cannot guarantee that the one-off super gifts we had last year can repeat. Now, here's the question for us. Imagine the impact of 100 new St. Michael's planned regular givers. We could make up a long way of that shortfall. Could you join us in this? If you're not already giving, to consider giving by standing order. And if you are already giving, what would sacrificial look like? So what now? Please pray and ask God how you can contribute to the work here. That's the first thing. Please pray. Consider becoming a planned giver. And finally, complete a standing order uh, on, on that. Now, I'll tell you very briefly, I'm coming to land. Julie's giving me the two-minute signal. I was walking the dog this morning over the fields. A lovely frosty morning. And I was rehearsing this um, the sermon in my mind, as you do. And I was taking dog a walk, and I thought, right, okay, right, okay, well, God, what do you want to say? And then God said to me, Chris, he said, that's fine, what about you? I said, well, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> what about me? And, and he said, so how much are you going to give extra over and above what you're giving at the moment? And as I walked across the fields, I said, well, I could, I could do this, God, or I, I could do this. And he said, oh, Chris, you can do all of that, but what would scary look like? If we'd be really scared, what we'd look like? I said, oh, that's a different question. 
So I kept on walking through the fields and I started to wrestle. And I said, Lord, that would be scary. He said, yes, it would. He said, keep thinking. <laughs> and I said, no. He said, yes. <laughs> and uh, as I walked across the field, I thought, I'm going to have to tell Julie about this. <laughs> and, um, and as I walked, finished the walk, I decided to lift up our giving by an amount that I tell you has scared me. And I came in and I said to Julie, um, I have to let her settle down. And I said, Julie, I've got something to talk through with you. And I talked it through with Julie. And uh, she said, Chris, if that's what God has put on your heart, then do it. And so I stand before you today. I'm going to increase my giving. I'm not going to tell you about how much it is, uh, but it's by a scary amount because I believe that is what God is calling us to do. So my final challenge is, what would scare you today? If you were to increase your giving in faith, what would be a scary amount to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Be scared. Live on the edge. And let's give the glory to God. Amen.